Blog Talk Radio. Um, he did, 
he was working on it started out as an article leash and so many people reached out to him and said this is needs to be put in book form because so much more information needs to be taken from it so about three months ago he started writing it as a book and um it has to do with the tenure it has to do with the length of, of service it has to do with um so much and i don't want to give it all away but i do want him to come on at some point yeah and just talk about it you know so I, I i put that bug in his ear you know he's always willing to do whatever it is that i want him to do <laughs> i've just been so blessed to have him in my life but I want to have him back on the show and and talk about it and just you know Fritz can break it down in layman's terms, please. You you know that he's been on on the show before with his last book, but he breaks it down so that everyone understands and takes a lot away from it. Absolutely. Can you hear me, Pete? Yes, that's a little bit better. That's better. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I just. I love it when Fritz come on because we get we have a um a whole Olivia Pope Fritz moment. Like it's like real. We get like information, y'all. Let me tell y'all, he got this book. And the way he wrote it, I don't even do polit- political type books. That's not what I do. Mm-hmm. But child, mm-hmm. when she sent me that book. And it talked about the hits that was found on the desk in the private meeting. I was like, you better stop it. I know that was crooked. <laughs> and he's privy to so much information, Leash. You know, and that was all of that is based on fact. You know, he doesn't he doesn't politic anything. That's why he is widely respected in the field at the at the, the highest level. You know, we've even had some run-ins with Trump. Trump has been to Fritz's office trying to get certain things. And, you know, I, a lot, I, I do a lot behind the scenes that people don't even realize that I have a hand in since politics for like the last 20, 30 years. So a lot of people are in my Rolodex and have come through the doors of Mr. F.A.O. Schwartz. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I just want to uh, shadow you at work one day. Let me just sit at your desk. No, that's a busy desk, please. That's a busy desk. So when I came back, when I came back from disability, the girl sent me flowers that covered for me. She said, "Girl, I don't know how you do it." She sent me flowers. Can you imagine? <laughs> she said, "You work hard." <laughs> I, I just want to shadow. Let me tell y'all, I went to T-Job when I went to New York. I didn't get to shadow her. I didn't get to see her desk and meet everybody and get to see their snack section. They, like, got this section that's got, like, juice and, I mean, all the little good stuff. And then she got this fabulous um, uh, sweet meat. She's so sweet and fabulous. But let me tell y'all, it was like four knocks getting up in that joke. We couldn't even take the elevator all the way up to her floor. We had to take it to another floor and then take the stairs. Why? Because there's no elevator that goes up there. <laughs> no, no. We have tight we have we have tight security leash. Whenever we go, the firm goes anywhere, we bring our own security. We don't trust no one else. We have our own security. Our security knows every single one of Cravath's employees. They know their family. We travel without security. Like when we have our Christmas parties, when we have our summer events, we bring our own security. That's how tight our security is. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, I, 
I didn't even have to push the button on the elevator. The elevator knew what floor I was going to already. All I had to do was get on the elevator and let the door close. Now, I did have to walk up some stairs now. Because apparently, <laughs> there's no elevator, again, that goes to the floor that she worked on. So you got to take the stairs up and take the stairs down. Do <laughs> an elevator. I have a... <laughs> I'm on a separate floor. I have, you know, by my key, by my my code, my ID lets everyone know my movements. You know, we know all the movements, lets us in and out of the building. Um, my key works on the floors, but when we're bringing in guests, all our guests have to go to a reception floor, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's how we live. <laughs> Child, but I love, I love this. Now, if y'all don't know about FAO Sports, his family has the toy store that was in San Francisco. That's the, I mean, they used to do field trips to the toy store. And so then when he came on the show, I was like, how come he didn't run for president? He's so awesome, y'all. I can't wait. We're going to have him on. We got to have him on before the break. Oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I put that bug in his ear. You know, he pretty much does anything I want him to do. He, oh, so he, he just treats me so well. <laughs> yes, we'll have to get him some dates um, because I know he'd be busy. He'd be worse, working and litigating and doing what he do. But that is going to mm-hmm. be the best show ever. We will have an actual gladiator moment with a gladiator, honey. Yes. <laughs> and also, Lee, speaking of Fritz, you know, um, I want to have him on my sports show because it's because of him that women are allowed into the locker rooms today of every sport out there. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that, but, you know, this is the 40th and the 30th or 40th anniversary of that case with Sports Illustrated where Fritz argued that women are should be allowed into the locker rooms and they should be respected as well. So that's another little thing that we work on that a lot of people don't even realize. So he has his hand in so many things, Leash, and that's I want to have I'm him saying. on the sports show. He wear the white hat. He like wears the white hat. Like really, he got the white hat on. We about to have our own scandal moment because he be oh, right. He be dipping it and doing out there in Washington. We be getting all the good stuff, and so I be excited because he 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 gave us so much information. Um, he went all the way back to civil rights, and I mean he's just a whole walking library mm-hmm. of information mm-hmm. and so I'm excited yeah we gonna have to get him on before we go on break for the end of the year that would be a great great show especially around this time mm-hmm. you get an understanding Absolutely. because when you think about the Supreme Court and you think about all the the things that are going on and we don't understand the process because we don't actually understand that court you know what I'm saying we don't understand mm-hmm. what what the purpose of it is and how they function and then which we did mm-hmm. we would not be surprised that he was right. accepted because they're not even looking they're not looking at none of that they're not even focused on his integrity because his integrity does not determine whether he can do the job or not all they're looking mm-hmm. at is can he do this job does he know the law can he interpret mm-hmm. the law that's all they're thinking about now you have some mm-hmm. You know, that were like, no, nah, in my good conscience, I can't even work with nobody like that. That's just part of their integrity. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it became a personal moment. 
for those that did not vote for him. They'd be like, oh, no, absolutely not. You're going to have us looking crazy. But the others, it's like, it's a business. We can't mm-hmm. get into that. That don't have nothing to do with the law. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It doesn't determine whether he can do the job. It doesn't determine how well he knows the law. He went to the top law school. They're looking at all of those other things that we're not focused on. We're focused on the emotional aspect of the whole situation. And I just really mm-hmm. think, again, if the Supreme Court was not a lifelong position, they would move a little bit differently. But they mm-hmm. don't have, you know what I'm saying? It's not. It, mm-hmm. They don't have, they're not worried about elections. They're not worried about none of that. Mm-hmm. But, but also, Lise, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people... A lot of people don't understand. It's so much goes into it, but you have to have a level of bipartisan. And by bipartisan, I mean, whereas the Republicans, the liberals, the Democrats, they can all agree, even though they're coming from separate parties. You have to have some type of bipartisan involved. And by him spewing what he did under uh, when he was up there last week, he showed no bipartisan. He showed that he was only mm-hmm. involved in one. He was only arguing to one party, and that was Trump. You know, you, he mm-hmm. showed no bipartisan, and that's worrisome because you know mm-hmm. we've always had a sw- we've always had a swing vote, but that swing vote is going to be a, something of the past. So that swing vote could have been any party. You know, and, and that mm-hmm. seems to be disappearing with the, with the way this is going. But, you know, we're going to talk about the, all that when Fritz comes on. I'm going to put that in his ear next week when I get back to work. And that's going to be an awesome show. It is. It is. I love it when Fritz comes on because we always get great treats and snacks. <laughs> Absolutely. But we got a great show on tap. And for those that may have missed our return last night, Leash, we had a great Man, show last night. Mm-hmm. Yes. We had a great show last night. If y'all missed it, no worries. Just head over to our archives here at blogtalk.com. You can also catch them on iTunes or actually any podcast app. You'll be able to search and find Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Leisha. Y'all got to make sure y'all listen to that. We had some that you know, y'all, y'all always do a little something at the end. Fun. And it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Cash and Stacy and Clifford, they went in and they gave us mm-hmm. as readers a honest treat. You know, we love to see the, the raw talent of an author. Um, and we were able to get that on last night. Yes, and what a way to come back. You know, Leisha and I, we have been on break just to give uh, all our other projects a little bit of attention because we are so busy here on Let's Chat, you know, and, and we need that break, you know, because we have so much going on. And we hope that you guys are following us. And actually, while I w- we were on break, Leisha, I had a lot of people downloading our podcast, so that was fun, you know, and I found out that people listen and not even even realize they listen. People listen to us all over the world. Oh, yeah, I heard that show. I heard that show. I I, I hear you. I'm like, really, really? And they're downloading our podcast, which is great. So we hope you guys enjoy what Leisha and I bring to you guys on a weekly basis because we do. We enjoy it. And just to let you guys know what we do here on Let's Chat, we love celebrating literature because we are readers first and foremost. But as you can see from my opening segment, we don't just do literature. We do all walks of life, be it 
politics, publishing, actors, singers, anything that relating to life, they have come to the doors of the chat. Just download our podcast and make sure you sometimes have a pen and paper because our guests have really dropped some major jewels. So we love doing that in a royal way, and our listeners and our guests interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We bring you up to par on what's going on, and we love that you share that. And uh, we're just happy that you tune in week in and week out. So thank you. Absolutely. And speaking of um, shows that y'all are going to want to get your pins ready for, child, this is our Mind, Body, and Soul segment, To Whom Much Is Given, honey. You know, when so much is given to you, you have to give back. we got fabulous people on today. we got author and publisher Terry Woods that will be coming on tonight. We also have Letter Butterfly Vision. They're going to come and talk to us about um, uh, abuse and, and, and what the fabulous things that they have going on. So I'm so really mm-hmm. excited. Um, next week, mm-hmm. we have another fabulous week because next Thursday, this is an author day. And I think that I want to do this once a month. I always want to do something once a month. It's always hard to get people when I want them. Um, mm-hmm. But next Thursday, we are doing a Monetize Your Pen show. Mm-hmm. And um, oh. we're going to have uh, Kevin uh, Kevin back on, who is one of the mm-hmm. writers from um, the hit show Monogamy. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to have Victoria Christopher Murray on, and Georgia Dawkins is going to be back on. So three fabulous pens, um, different parts of the industry, and they're going to be on talking about how to monetize your pen. You know, a lot of authors are taking it to Hollywood. They're writing scripts, and, you know, I need them to be able to go out and have an understanding of what, what it is that they're getting into and how to, how to monetize their pen and what the process is, you know, because we believe here on Let's Chat, you got to know what you know mm-hmm. because you know it. Uh, and we right. want to make sure that when people are heading in those types of the, uh, parts of the industry, whether it's television or um, movies on um, Netflix and things of that nature, we want them to be able to understand. We want them to understand mm-hmm. when people want to purchase their books, when they want to take their books to the big screen. What does that mean for mm-hmm. you? What is that experience mm-hmm. for you? What are the things that you can do to monetize your pen in that process? And so we're excited mm-hmm. to have them on uh, on next Thursday. So next Thursday will absolutely be a day for you to have a wow. pen paper because we are going to have so much literary knowledge uh, mm-hmm. from Hollywood and beyond on this show next Thursday. So I'm excited um, tonight. That's going to be awesome, Lish. <laughs> yes, you know I. I went to an event, and that's where I met Miss um, Woods at. And when I say she talked, like I was, able, I learned from her. Like she has so much information to give and mm-hmm. share, so much mm-hmm. that people can really mm-hmm. learn from her experiences. Um, so it, it's awesome, and I'm excited that we're going to be able to have them on the show. We got our first guest who's gonna come and kick in the chat room door. Okay. We got the fabulous butterfly vision. They're gonna come in here and start us off. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hello, how are you? We are good. How are you? Thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we want you to tell everybody your your name um, and tell us a little bit about Butterfly Vision. Well, um, my name is Tiffany, and um, I am the founder of Butterfly Visions Project. And Butterfly Visions Project is an organization that I started to help victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, I started this because I wanted to have a platform for Alexa. survivors like myself mm-hmm. to. Go ahead. Yes, for survivors like myself to share their story. Um, but also to share their, our stories to also educate and raise awareness at the same time. So um, we, I have built a village of survivors and also advocates in the Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, and surrounding areas that are all willing to share their stories. They're very passionate. They're very inspirational. Um, they're empowerment speakers. And we share our stories to be able to help victims um, feel that they can also speak up about what they've gone through and to mm-hmm. be able to inspire them to come forward and to start their journey to healing. Absolutely. Now, what made you what made you come up uh, and come out and create um, Butterfly Vision? And how did you come up with the name? Well, I if you're familiar with butterflies, you know that butterflies go through a process before they actually come a butterfly. So mm-hmm. I relate that to my journey of healing, and that starts off as um, being, you know, just a, a caterpillar. And at that state, you are a victim or you've been victimized. And then from the victim stage, you have to come to the realization um, that you are a victim. Some people are in domestic violence situations and they don't know that they're in domestic violence situations um, or that they've been sexually assaulted. And some, um, because of the circumstances, they don't want to admit that they have been assaulted. So coming to the realization, one, that you have been victimized, and then going through the process of getting the right resources and doing what you need to do to start healing, but also going from a victim mentality to turning into a survivor. So it's the process of going from victim to survivor that I um, relate to a butterfly and the metamorphosis and the change that um, the butterfly goes through to get to the state where they can fly and they can soar and they're and they're beautiful. Oh. Absolutely, I love it. So you know we have and, and it it's the right time for it because in our country and, and society and this at this moment in time there is so much going on. Uh, we we're learning so much about um, abuse and 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 just inappropriate things that have been going on and swept under the carpet for years. Um, yes. Can you talk? Can you talk a little bit about why? Why do people in those situations choose? Is it a choice? Are they aware that they're making a choice? Um, and, and also drop some jewels on those that may either feel like they're in a abusive situation or that they know someone. What can they do to help? Okay. Well, first, I spoke um, 
a few seconds ago about a person being in a situation and they might not know that the situation that they're in is one that is uh, legal um, or illegal Mm -hmm. and also that it has serious consequences in the end. So I will uh, start with uh, sexual assault. With sexual assault, depending on the situation, there are different types of sexual assault that can go from um, physical touch to uh, just someone doing something to you physically that you are very uncomfortable with, say maybe grabbing your 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 butt or um, saying things to you that are inappropriate sexually that will make you uncomfortable. But then it can graduate up to them actually trying to um, force themselves on you all the way up to actual rape. So there are different forms of sexual assault. So if you're in a relationship with someone, because there is marital rape, that if you're in a situation with someone and they're your husband, um, that doesn't mean that they have the right to force sex on you. Or it could be your boyfriend. If you say no to your boyfriend and he forces you to have sex, some people might say, well, he's my boyfriend. But that could actually be seen as rape. So those are the types of circumstances where a victim might not know that they've been raped or sexually assaulted. Um, But then there are times when it's pretty apparent. You know, a stranger rape is usually the more apparent and the one that usually will go through the court systems whereas date rape and marital rape might might not um, get the same attention or um, get the same, uh, I guess, legal ramifications. Um, so stranger rape is what most people are most familiar with and will identify as rape before they will date rape or marital rape. So that's one, those are situations where a person might feel, no, I haven't been raped before, or no, it's not sexual assault. Um, So the same thing is the case with domestic violence. Um, There are different types of domestic abuse, and it usually starts off with verbal and emotional abuse. Sometimes people feel that a man that's calling you out of your name and cursing at you all the time, putting you down, calling you ugly, um, isolating you from your friends, um, not letting you be who you are and have the freedom to be an individual is not abuse but it can be abuse. So there are different forms of abuse, such as emotional and mental abuse. And usually that's the way it starts, and it will turn into physical abuse. And it might could be financial abuse where a person may withhold um, money from you so that you can't get your needs met. And it usually all starts to snowball and turns into physical abuse. So if you have a woman that is in a situation where she's not allowed to go out with her friends, she um, is constantly being told that she can't wear certain things, that she has to get permission before going out, Um, he's calling her names, he's calling her um, the B word, he's making her feel less than who she is, the queen that she are, that's emotional and physical abuse, and usually it turns into more. It turns into physical abuse. It turns into sexual abuse. And so those are situations, again, with domestic abuse where a person might not actually know that they are in an abusive relationship. And unfortunately, when it comes to the physical part of it, they, they, they've already suffered so much that the physical is where they start to look for help when really they should start looking for, for help or starting to let go of that relationship while they're still physically safe. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Oh, it sounds like this is this this is Tony, um, Tiffany, and once again, thank you so much for sharing all of that. But it sounds like it's it's also boils down to trying to control someone. Yeah. And 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 you don't even realize you're you're being controlled. A lot of people feel mistake control for caring or loving, you know, or, or yes. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it 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 also you have to know what you know because you know yes, it is what exactly. you say here on this chat. Yes, and that's 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 very true. Um, abuse and domestic violence is usually all about control. The your abuser mm-hmm. wants to control your every action, your feelings, um, what you do, where you go, who you talk to, and mm-hmm. their way of controlling is by using abusive language, um, diminishing your self esteem and mm-hmm. um and physical. Mhm. Mm. And this is still Tony. I wanna ask you, Tiffany, I'm sorry, Leash, what has been the uptick in, in in your in your groups? as a result of what's happening in the news the last week or so? Well, um, unfortunately, domestic violence and sexual assault is so rampant in our society. And the Mm -hmm. fact that high-profile people like Trump and Bill Cosby and Kavanaugh are – are out there that are getting away with things, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have Bill Cosby who he's going to serve time for, but look how long it took for women to get justice. And only one woman at this point is getting justice, but, but all of them right. are, are feeling the, some kind of relief because at least one of the women that have been victimized by him, at least one is getting justice. Mm-hmm. And so all of them are claiming that justice. Um, right. So unfortunately it's, it, sometimes it takes high profile people to bring mm-hmm. awareness to situations that are already an issue. So right. even though we do not want to capitalize on, you know, when celebrities or the president or someone well-known um, is accused of something that's going on right next door, but mm-hmm. we do take the time for those people that are watching the news, for those people who are listening to the radio or listening to your podcast or mm-hmm. reading the newspapers or reading the Internet. This is the opportunity for us to say, you know, this is real, that this is happening in low-income families as well as powerful families, and that this, these are opportunities for us to speak up and for us to speak out, and that even if you are the housewife next door or you are the uh, the mayor's wife or you are um, a victim of, uh, of Bill Cosby, you can speak up, and there is help out there. There are resources that are available. Even, you know, we don't, we don't ask victims that come to us for help. We don't make mm-hmm. them go to the police. We do not make them go to the hospital. We let them make those choices for themselves. But what we do mm-hmm. is want them to know that there are safe places for them to talk and there are safe places where they can go that people are going to listen to them and will help them if they are ready for help. And we let mm-hmm. them make their own choices how far they want to go. But we stress 
safety and making sure that your children are safe, making sure that yourself and that you yourself are safe and that you are um, ready to get to a place where you are abuse-free and that you are able to move past the pain and start to heal um, regardless of what happens to your abuser. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling when your abuser or your um, attacker um, pays for their mistakes criminally, but mm-hmm. sometimes that doesn't still heal the wound. Some, sometimes you have, you have to work. Recovery starts with your mental health, and mm-hmm. you have to work on you to be able to to move past the pain, to have a, mm-hmm. a productive life, for you to for you to start healing, and the reward of that is knowing that it was not your fault, and knowing that you are so much more than your pain, and so much more than being a victim, and that if your mm-hmm. abuser or your attacker does. Um, go to jail or that there is some punishment, then that's your reward. But the reward starts with mm-hmm. yourself. You have to start with yourself to get past to get past it. Mm-hmm. That that was absolutely totally deep. This is still Tony Tiffany, and I just want to put one yes, other yes. thing, Reese. I don't mean to, to dominate the conversation, but this is something that is so needed. You yes, know, I, I I try to keep <laughs> I try to keep my my ear to the to the to the on the pulse of what's going on. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and not necessarily women. I'm gonna I don't wanna preface it by saying us women, but sometimes you have you may go through a season of, of abuse and, and you try mm-hmm. and you try to get away get away from it. And when you do, sometimes mm-hmm. you could just put that in a in a box in your mental and just put it away in order mm-hmm. for you to, to continue to survive. But once something That's triggers true. that box open again, you know, it's just mm-hmm. you're overwhelmed like it just happened yesterday, whereas it can have happened 30 years ago. You know, it's still mm-hmm. fresh in your mind. It's still fresh in your body. It's still fresh in your psyche. And sometimes just that one thing, like reading the newspaper or seeing something on the news mm-hmm. can unlock that box and just, you know, bring that back into the forefront of your life. Do you run across, right. do you come across any anyone that has felt that way? Because it's real. It's really real. Yes, it is. Um, and those are called triggers, which we're talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you, if you get out of the abusive situation or say you are sexually assaulted or you're raped, and maybe you just tell your, your friend, but you don't do mm-hmm. anything more than that, um, and you try to move on with your life, or you get out of the domestic violence situation safe, you know, you're alive, and mm-hmm. you move on, but you don't go to counseling or you don't get your children counseling, then, yes, there, there are, there are going to be things that will trigger you to be re-victimized, and that's what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't do anything about it, then you uh, those triggers are always going to negatively affect you. Um, sometimes myself, because I have been a victim of both domestic violence and sexual assault, even now I proclaim myself to be a survivor, but even now I have triggers. Um, mm-hmm. And that could be watching a movie where a woman is being attacked or it could be um, like watching the movie that was out, uh, that was pretty popular, um, Do What's Part, 
I don't know if you watched that movie, um, mm-hmm. but it was a pretty powerful movie, and it stirred some emotions with me. Like, I was like, um, I had actually a nightmare um, after watching the movie because it triggered something in me of that feeling of, you know, needing to get away. And in my dream, I wasn't able to get away. So um, even though I'm a survivor, I still have triggers. But when I woke up, I started writing. I started talking about it. Um, I did a post about the, the movie and got feedback from it. So I am at an emotional and mental state where even though I have mm-hmm. triggers, I am able to respond positively. If you don't get help, if you don't do something to um, address what's happened to you, those triggers can be debilitating. They can handicap you. Um, so mm-hmm. triggers do happen even for a healthy survivor. And um, that's, it's most, it's very important to address your mental health, whatever decision you make, whether to go to the police or the hospital, whatever, is to make sure Mm -hmm. that you get the help you need to be mentally and emotionally healthy because those triggers and not getting help can affect your relationships with your next intimate partner. It can affect Mm -hmm. your children, especially if they've witnessed it. It can affect your work life. It can affect your health. So if you do not reach out to someone, anyone, even us, if you don't reach out to someone that can help you, even your best friend, being able to talk about it and express it and having someone say, I'm here to support you, sometimes that's Mm -hmm. all victims need. But a lot of times we need more. We need counseling. We need to make sure that our bodies are correct um, or okay, I'm sorry. We we need Mm -hmm. to know that there are resources available for us. And that's one of the things that we do with Butterfly Visions and other organizations, not just ours. Mm -hmm. And what was the name of that movie again, Tiffany? I'm sorry. Um, so Death Do Us Part, it's with, um, yes, if you look I it think up, I it's remember. I know Lisa, I don't yeah, watch Everybody movies, was talking about it like maybe two, three weeks ago. <laughs> yes, everyone was talking about it. It was a big thing on Facebook um, a couple, like maybe two or three weeks ago. It was a really good movie. Uh-huh. It's on, I believe it's on Netflix, yes. Okay. <laughs> but it's good. It's a powerful movie. I would definitely uh-huh. recommend it. <laughs> okay. Yes. I think it does sound familiar. <laughs> now I have a question. What do you think sure. as far as policy? What what kind of things need to be put in place um, to put a stop to some of these things that are lingering? Because, I mean, it's just not in Hollywood. You have the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so much mm-hmm. going on. It's a priest that is... Um, you know, that has like 16 people that come out um, against them. It seems like every month mm-hmm. there's a priest that's been doing something that he has no business, touching people that he has no right. business. And so what do, you, what do you guys feel that should be done policy-wise to kind of nip this in the bud? Because it seems like people are not afraid um, of consequences right. when it comes to race. Right. Well, you know, unfortunately, abusers and attackers are not afraid of their consequences because, number one, victims are not speaking up. That's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, um, it, when the victim does speak up, they're not reporting it to the police. So that's, that's number two. Number three, if they do go to the police, then it's a long, it can be a long process. Um, unfortunately, the 
the criminal system is not as empathetic to victims. Sometimes they make the victims feel like a victim. They re-victimize them again by bringing up old dirty laundry and, and trying to make her or him look as if they uh, did something to bring on the abuse and so forth and so on. Um, there's so many different factors um, that can happen where abusers and attackers uh, either get off or they never suffer the consequences, otherwise than maybe losing their mate and spouse and, and children. Um, but there's no, there's no long-lasting effects. They're, they're not being charged. Um, the victim's not saying anything, so now they can just move on to the next woman or the next man and victimize them, and it becomes a cycle of abuse for the abuser and the attacker to keep doing this behavior because no one's speaking up and no one's doing it about, anything about it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. women and children are being killed because nothing is being done. So mm-hmm. speaking up is, is, is the biggest thing, the best thing for a victim to do is to speak up, say something, say, this is what's going on, this is what's happened to me. Um, but the other thing is is that the biggest problem for us when a victim does come forward and they are ready for help, there's nowhere for them to go because the domestic violence shelters are packed. Mm. They are full. Mm. And there's only a very, there's one big domestic violence shelter in Charlotte or Mecklenburg County, and then there are some independent ones, but they're always full. So we need more domestic violence shelters. That is a very big problem. I'm sure many other advocates will agree. That's a very big problem. When you have a victim ready to go, there's nowhere for her to go. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they've been so isolated from their families um, by their abusers that their families, they're no longer in contact with their families, so they have nowhere to go. So what are they going to do if they have nowhere to go? They're going to say, mm-hmm. and we don't want them to say. We want to be able to say that um, they have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Hold on a second, Heather. Um, the other thing is is that abusers and attackers, if they have a record, or if they um, the police are coming to their home, there are there's like in I think it's in Texas right now. A mayor is trying. To all handguns removed from homes where there are domestic violence calls and um, and um, and attacks. So really? that is mm-hmm. one of the num- number one ways that victims are being killed is by guns. So that's another thing mm-hmm. that can help. If you have a woman who is reporting that she is being attacked and there is any kind of evidence or maybe a second phone call, the police officers and the courts need to go into the home need to go into the home, they need to take the, the the guns out of the home, and they need to protect the victims more, you know. Putting those mm-hmm. restraining orders in place, that needs to happen. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of times that's not even being done. Um, so mm-hmm. there are so many things. Uh, gun control for abusers and attackers, um, speaking up about it, um, putting the restraining orders in place, opening up domestic violence shelters and holding abusers and attackers accountable for their actions. Um, but that starts with the victim and speaking up. It starts there. Absolutely. Mm. And I want to add mental health. I think mental health is yes. is the center of a lot of these things that are happening. It is. And if it was taken it care is. of and if people's mental health 
was important, yes. just like their medical health is important. I think that a lot of these things wouldn't happen because you gotta, you have to mentally and and inside. You know that comes from the inside. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have things on the inside yes. that, whether you were abused yourself and you you or or you experienced someone you know close to you or just feeling, um, feeling yes. un unsafe or not having strength of their own. You know, a lot of times people abuse people because it makes them feel strong. It makes them feel, mm-hmm, right. you know, um, empowered. A lot of times they're looking yes. for perfection from other imperfect people to hide right. that they can't deal with. And I think that if mental health um, was, was, was more at the forefront, I think that a lot of this yes. other stuff would be handled. Yes, mm-hmm. and that is, that's very true because most abusers and most attackers have some history of mental abuse or some actions in their history that led up to them being abusive or attacking um, or attacking women. There, There is something that has already happened. And I just want to say something. As women, we sometimes will see the signs, and I don't know any victim who can tell me there was no sign. We see the signs, we ignore the signs, and mm-hmm. as we, as natural nurturers, we want to help people. So when he's overprotective and he doesn't want you to leave the house and he starts alienating you from your friends, oh, well, he loves me. He just wants to spend all of his time with me. Okay, now he's taking your phone, he's going through your phone. Oh, he's just being protective, so forth and so on. When he starts cussing you out and he's angry, he's just having a bad day, so forth and so on. A lot of times I have to I have to say to victims that I speak to, there's some kind of accountability that sometimes we have to take as, as victims or survivors because there were signs. And we ignore the signs or we have the signs but we want to help them. And when we realize that we've gotten in too deep, when we should have walked away is when they hit us. Um, and so women really need to look into the background of the men that, that we're dating. And we also need to trust our instincts and heed the warnings and the signs that are given because, again, I've never talked to a victim that ever told me there was no signs. Just out the blue, he just hit them or cussed them out or pushed them or did something um, that would be uh, seen as abuse. Absolutely. That was good. That was really good. Now, before you head out of the chat room, we want you to shout out all of your social media, um, about Butterfly Project, any um, events you guys have coming up, anything that you want people to um, do to help your cause. Shout all of that out on the way out the chat room. Okay. Well, um, I want to say thank you uh, for having me on the show. I think um, right now with October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, um, this came at a perfect time. Um, So we are Butterfly Visions Project. We have a website. It's butterflyvisionsproject.org. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. If there are any listeners that are currently um, experiencing domestic violence or you have been a victim of sexual assault or domestic violence in the past, 
or currently. Um, you can contact us. It is a private number. You can reach us at 980-288-7727. Again, 980-288-7727. You can also email us, um, and it's confidential. It comes straight to me. No one else sees it but me, and I will um, filter it out if I need to, but you will always get a phone call, at least from me initially, which is Butterfly Visions Project at gmail.com. So that, again, is butterflyvisionsproject at gmail.com. And um, we are open, you know, for people who are survivors, who want to speak up, who want to advocate, who want to volunteer. We are very open to and welcome anyone who is ready to talk about it, who wants to help the community, who wants to share their story. We have a documentary series that I started in uh, April, and it's called Speak Up and Inspire Series. You can find it on YouTube. And it is a series where I have survivors coming onto the show, and they are sharing their stories, and they are sharing why they are speaking up and why they feel the need to speak up and inspire others to do the same. So you can find the series on YouTube. It's um, in Google. I'm sorry, not Google search for Speak Up and Inspire series. And also, Mm -hmm. I am an author. I just uh, published my first book, Reality Check, and it is a story about a um, very uh, respected businesswoman who is sexually assaulted, and it's about her journey to healing. But it's not just about being a survivor. It's about um, learning to trust again, about learning to forgive, learning how to start your journey to um, surviving, but still being an advocate in your community, helping others, and just um, having the support systems in place to be able to get back to being a healthy, vibrant uh, person in the community, a woman in the community. So it's sharing some of my personal stories through the characters in the book. So there's very strong leads. Um, anyone that reads it, male or female, uh, will be able to relate to the characters in the book. And, again, it's not just a survivor story. It's about love and respect and um, support networks and friendship. And um, that is Reality Check by Tiffany Brown, and you can find it on, uh, on Amazon. So that is all the ways that you can get in contact with us. I love it. And we are so proud mm-hmm. of you, your strength, and all the things that you are doing. And you know that you are mm-hmm. welcome. Let's chat anytime you would like. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you and so I, much. I just want to say, Tiffany, this is Tony, I'm sorry. You have such a common demeanor about you, so I'm sure that helps whoever reaches out to you. So congrats. Like we said, you're always welcome here on Let's Chat. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I will definitely reach out to you. Um, on October 27th, I am going to uh, Diva Nation's first Survivors Gala. Um, it's on October 27th. It's in Concord, North Carolina. You can go online to Eventbrite or on Facebook to Diva Nation Survivor Gala. I'm going to be honored there, so I would love for you guys to uh, check that out and support that. Even if you can't attend, um, you can donate to the cause. She's one of my uh, partners, and she's a, a beautiful person, and she's having the Survivor Gala 
and I will be honored there for all the work that I've done in the last year and a half. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, also tune in to the Speak Up and Inspire series on YouTube. And the Heal to Heal Project will be having a fundraiser on October 14th. Um, and her organization collects shoes and donates uh, shoes to victims of domestic violence. It's an awesome cause, um, along with Butterfly Visions and Diva Nation. So I hope you guys will look those um those events up and come out and support my my fellow sisters in advocacy for domestic or against domestic violence. Absolutely, awesome! Congrats. Mm-hmm. Well, we so and if you ever yes, and if you ever need someone to come on the show and talk about domestic violence um, or sexual assault, please please let me know. I'll I would love to talk to um, any of your callers or anybody who would like to speak about domestic violence or sexual assault. Absolutely. We thank you so very much, Tiffany, and we appreciate thank you. And we thank you for coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate yep. you, ladies. And please continue doing what you're doing in the community. I appreciate it. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank have you. A, have a good night. <laughs> Will do. You too, ladies. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. That was that was awesome, Lou. That was that mm-hmm. was really good stuff. We got good stuff. If mm-hmm. you're just tuning in and you're missed and you missed Tiffany's uh, interview, no worries. Just head over to our archives here at blogtalk.com, and you can get the interview in full. When we have our next fabulous guest, um, needs no inter introduction because everybody knows absolutely everybody knows who she is young and old <laughs> the fabulous Mary Woods <laughs> welcome well hi good evening ladies how are you we are good the young and the old we welcome you this evening Miss Terry Woods <laughs> thank you my love thank you I was like, it's not nobody. It's nobody around that doesn't know who she is. I'm sorry, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome, absolutely. I want to well, thank you. Well, that's a good thing then. I gave your kids' book to my goddaughter for her baby daughter, and she said this book is so good. So yes, she likes it. You know what? When you can please the, the the children audience, like when you can get them to like your work, it's a really amazing feeling. It really mm-hmm. is. That's so true. So yeah, it's really ama- I mean, it's amazing to get anybody to like your work, but it's it's really amazing when you can uh, entertain the 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 little people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Why you why you went from uh, more adult type books to children type books? Because that whole journey is so awesome. Just just the way you grind. Your whole grind is really an example of literature and and an author. Uh, and how you get your work out there. How you move around um, when you don't think you can move around, but you make it happen. And your grind is everything. Like, authors need to see that, and they need to duplicate it so that maybe they won't be so discouraged sometimes. But just in case there is one or two people that does not know uh, <laughs> who Terry was is, we want to give you, let you just tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey. 
Um, well, I I wrote a book in uh, 1992, I started writing Truth to the Game while working as a legal secretary in Philadelphia, and I uh, copyrighted my book in 1993, and I was really in a, uh, uh, I wasn't in the most productive relationship, and so the book ended up in the closet um, until 1998. And then in 1998, I actually uh, took the book out. A girlfriend of mine read it, and she said, oh, my God, you have to do something with this. You have to do this book. And so uh, I ended up going to a stationery shop, working with this lady who started making, she made, we, we made them, they were handmade books typed on a typewriter, glued together with crazy glue. And it was 1998. There was no computers. There was no Internet. And that's basically how I started. And I started selling handmade books at the trunk of my car. And I started sleeping in my car and going to New York trying to sell them. And that's how I started. Mm. Wow. It seems like, you know, this is Tony Terry, and thank you once again, but (laughs) I remember checking True to the Game out of the library, and I can't even tell you how many years ago that was, but I kept going well, back trying to find the more terrible. Twenty five years old. That's that's 20, oh my god. The game is twenty five years old. So it's, some people might be listening, and they're probably the book is older than they are. So yeah. Wow. You know we had a, we had a Clifford Clifford Spud Johnson on last night, and he was talking about you and how what a you know role you played in his literary journey. So I think we've had quite a few guests that had come through the chat room. Spilling your name from their lips, saying what, how you affected them in their literary journey. So, I feel like we're talking to a legend here. Lee. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's amazing when you can. Yes. Look at it. I mean, but this is the thing. <laughs> you know, this is this is the thing. As you, as you, as I've gotten older, and mm-hmm. as I've gone through my own journey out here in business and in publishing. Right as a writer, um, and knowing how hard it is, um, it's really refreshing for me to get to a place where not only can I, not only do I really understand that it is empowering um, and, and, that, and that, these, that, that people have felt so empowered by what, by whatever you know I've been able to do uh for them that has empowered them, but it's really mm-hmm. just being able to to embrace it at this point and ex- you know i really you know I get it you know and and so there's so many more people that um you know I haven't been able to touch I haven't been able to you know affect their life I haven't been able to you know, um, help them along the way or, 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 you know, and it just gets to be to the point where you realize that, you know, all these people that have come into my life, I've been able to leave a mark on them 
and, um, mm-hmm. and, and and that when I walk away from them or that when I'm not even there, Clifford Spud Johnson was a person that I had never met until last month. I never saw him in my life. Mm-hmm. He shared that you with know, us. And I was able to, <laughs> right, and I was able to, you know, affect this man in such a way where he's doing the things that he's doing today. And that, and he's not the only person. I'm I'm well aware of all of the people's lives that I have I have truly touched and truly changed for, you know, just we don't, we're not even talking economics, you know, but, but we're mm-hmm. just talking about for the betterment of it, you know, but we, we didn't even get into the economics mm-hmm. of it. I've changed lives. I, I know, I know. And, and I'm mm-hmm. at a point where I'm, I'm just so happy to be able to say thank you for letting me um, be, be, mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, able to, to, to help you and, and thank you for, you know, just being able to follow the blueprint and and make a way for yourself out here. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really is. And, Terry, I can't tell you how many. You. I think thank you to them. Yes, we've been on the show a couple of years now, and I can't even tell you how many of our guests have said how you affected them. And uh, it's a testament. You know, it's been – we've had over 200 shows, so – just imagine all the guests in those shows that have said that. I can, I can, like I already know. I can only imagine. So, um, you know, I know what it, what it. Like I said, I know how hard it is out here for us, and I know how mm-hmm. hard it is for us in business. And, um, you know, so just like I said, if I'm able to help people along the way, or if my journey is able to, you know, cause an effect out here and, and, and bring, you know, any hope or any empowerment to people to know that, you know, there is nothing that they cannot accomplish. There is nothing that they cannot do. If I could go out here and sell these books out the trunk of the car, um, and I still am selling books out the trunk of the car, and that's what people don't understand. Um, but the, the, there's a level of tenacity and there's a level of dedication when you believe in something, mm-hmm. and nobody can break that. Um, and so I'm still selling my now I'm selling my children's book out the trunk of my car, um, and that's how I started. Um, I'm getting ready to go, um, you know, with distribution. I'm getting ready to make the book really available to the masses, and I'm getting ready to do a, a book tour for it. But my my initial test run um, was was exactly that. It was a test run, and it was important for me to go back out and touch the people again, and it was important for me to go back out onto the streets of New York and and see, I needed to see the support. I needed to, I just needed to feel, like I needed to see them, I needed to feel them, I needed to touch them. And the Internet had, had taken so much of that away from me. And so the only thing that mm-hmm. I could tell you is I am so excited out here, like being able to touch the people again, that mm-hmm. like I could just stay out here on the street all day. Like, I love it. It's funny you and, say you know, that. They took away the stores. You know what I'm saying? It's really hard because, you know, I just hope uh-huh. all the bookstores will come back because I can't touch people anymore. I can't see these people anymore. I can't talk to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, and I just feel so disconnected. So for me with my children's book, being able to go out there on the streets and be embraced and everything, I just want to say, you know, thank you to my New York City because mm-hmm. there's nowhere I could do this like I do this here. So, um <laughs> You know, but uh-huh. that's how I know. That's how I know. And, um, 
And right. they actually made my, my company a vendor. I'm now a vendor with the Department of Education. And so oh, my children's wow. book is, yeah, like I'm, you know, so now my children's book, um, I, I vended through my program, the Love, Values, and Morals program that uh-huh. I developed for the small children. And so I go and I mm-hmm. read to them and I dress up like a giraffe and we do story time. I mean, it's just wonderful. This has just been a wonderful journey. I don't know what to tell people. I'm excited. So you got to see my new, <laughs> well, you my new costume. Be. You got to see gender. <laughs> I am well, you excited. definitely should be. Absolutely, and you yeah, speak of New York. If you could see um, my ginger, if you could see ginger, oh my god! Right, wait, wait. Oh, oh my I'm god! You, I'm about to give you a real snack. Tell us about your kids' book. Um, the children's book is is so powerful. It is so life changing. It is so powerful for small children. Um, that it, it 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 it's I don't know what to say. I know that some children are drawn to the book to the extent where they want it read over and over and over, and they want it read repeatedly to them. And some children even carry it around. The message is so powerful for them, and it's so strong for them. And it's and, and it's teaching. Um, the first book is called The Best I Can Be, and so. Basically, it um, talks about values and morals. And in the first book, Katie Kangaroo doesn't know what good values and good morals are. So Ginger Giraffe is going to teach her how to have good values and good morals so she can make smart choices. Because when you choose what's right, you'll have a good life. And that's the theme of the book. And so to be able to give this message to my little children, my little people out here, empowering them, at four and five years old in kindergarten and pre-K to understand that they are the face of love and values and morals, that they have values and morals, that they are valuable, that, you know, everything that they contribute to this society, everything about them is valuable. And so to be able to give them this message in a public school, uh, uh, New York City public school classrooms, to be able to go in, do story time with them, give them the opportunity to meet a New York Times bestselling author, and then talk to them about the book and the characters and how I created them and inspire creative imagination and and just encompass all of that into being able to really leave them with the message that they are love. They are the face of love. They are the face of value, and that they are the face of true morals, and that they have them, and making sure that they know what they are, and that and and, and it's just like it's just so wonderful. They hug on me and everything. If you go to Terry Woods Kids, <laughs> you will see my babies hugging on me, honey. We have a ball. So it's just been wonderful, and so now I get to go out. I'm doing the stores. We're doing the libraries. It's going to go. The Love, Values, and Morals program is a part of what I do when I do my story time. But to be able to take that program and to not only be able to offer that program in New York City public schools, but to all schools across the country, as well as be able to offer this book to all families out there is so important right now. Mm -hmm. Wow. You hear the passion on your voice about it. You are so... That's why I told her. I told her this was going to be a treat. 
Um, T actually is wow. in New York. And if she you works say, yo, her. your whole wow thing behind me is killing me. I can't. <laughs> she works in New York. But at yes, a large that's, what, that's what we are doing. Okay. Yes, that is she it. leaves the kids once once a week, T, once a month. Well, yeah, no, I, I read them. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. hear you. Go ahead. No, I, I read to an elementary school kid once a week on my lunch hour because I'm here in New York. <laughs> so I'm just, I was just loving what you're saying and what you're sharing with the kids. I've been doing that for like about 12, 13 years now. <laughs> and it's so needed. It is. And I get joy from it, actually, Terry. I get so much joy. You know, and I, I go, I, I, some of my students I've been with since second grade. I'm with them through graduation, and I cry at their graduations like they're my own because they are. <laughs> if you go to TerryWoodsKids.com, I have some photos mm-hmm. um, of me reading with the children and Ginger Giraffe. I dress up like an 11 foot giraffe, and Ginger pays everybody a visit after we color mm-hmm. our values in our morals worksheet. And, um, you know, you'll see some of the children and their facial expressions and, you know, um, just like you'll see it, like in the pictures. You'll see just the hugs. One of the little girls that's hugging on Ginger, it's just so, it's, it's it really is fulfilling. It's the best therapy. Ah. It's the best everything, being with them and being able to, like I said, um, hopefully empower them with love and hopefully empower Mm -hmm. them with the feeling of understanding that they are, like I said, so valuable and they have all of the good choices in their good hearts so they don't have anything to worry about because they're already good. And just making sure that they know that and that they feel that, you know. And then, like I said, being able Mm -hmm. to autograph a book for them. And, you know, what I do is I go to the Bronx. So I'm in. I'm doing District 11. I'm doing District 7. I'm, you know, and and people Mm -hmm. don't realize, but even though we're in New York, the Bronx has some of the poorest or is the poorest, some of the poorest Mm -hmm. congressional districts in the country are in the Bronx. Right. And these people are suffering, and these people are among the have-nots. And these children, you know, will never have a bedtime story read to them, and they will never have the opportunity, right. you know, to, to, to even see a character like Ginger Giraffe, you know, come to life and then right. take home a book with them. And so I just right. feel um, I just feel blessed, and I thank God every day mm-hmm. that I'm to, the, where the, I'm to the point in my life where I'm at that I'm able to say no matter what I'm at a I'm at a space where what I'm giving you know is 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 you can't put a price on this. Mm-hmm. You can't. Put a I'm price looking on at it. Place. I'm on the site now. Is I love you it. You can't play with me right now. You can't. So this is my thing. If they think that I inspired a bunch of folks to go read and write books, because I you got to understand, I already know who I inspired. I inspired inmates to go sit down and read and write. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So you don't want me in public schools. You don't want me with my kids. You don't want me with our kids out mm-hmm. here. Because mm-hmm. there's no telling mm-hmm. what I might do. 
I'm not. I I'm not it, to be girl. safe. With. I already know that too. I'm not it's to be safe. Right That's right. They better not. Don't try me. I'm not. I'm not. Not the one, right? But the, <laughs> but 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 know this. When I'm done in the Bronx, when I'm done in those classrooms, when I'm done in daycare centers, when I'm done, those children, every single one of them. Know that they are loved. Mm-hmm. They walk with their heads high because they are so valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know that they got to take care of each other. And they know that they got to love one another. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Thank you, girl. Oh, we good. We good over here, honey. We were. <laughs> me and Ginger got a plan So yeah Me and Ginger got a plan out here To make sure that our kids know who they are that they, and, and not only who it. they are What they are And, and just, not just That they are so valuable So mm-hmm. good And that they are the face of love mm-hmm. Before any other face out here Their face is the face mm-hmm. of love and that's mm-hmm. my message today. I, I love it. That's I love why I wanted it. to hear that. Because the oh, way no, she talks about talking, that book, We're talking passion, four- and five-year-olds are hearing yes, this. Her passion is everything. It makes me want to go read to the kids. I mean, she it's very, so I can imagine a child that, you know, is not never really able to experience something like that. Then when they get it, it's like. You have teenagers that's killing themselves that aren't hearing it. That's right. Mm-hmm. You got it's women right. out here who aren't hearing it. Grown women who aren't hearing it. You got grown men who aren't hearing that message. That's right. Speak on that's it. Right. So that's my message for my little people, and that's the first book. Um, but just to enlighten everybody, this is a book line. It is not one book. The second book I'm working on now is called, it's uh, not working on, I'm printing. It'll be out, hopefully I'll have it here by November, December. It's saving, I wanted it by the holidays, was saving my money with Ginger Giraffe. And so um, it's a whole book line. There's a five book line, it's a five book series. There's five books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all starts out in my children's nursery. The main characters are Lucas and Brandon, and those are their stuffed animals from Beverly Hills that I ship back to my mansion in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey, and the animals come back to life when I lose the nanny. It's horrible. And they want to mm-hmm. get out of the nursery, but there's no nanny. Mm-hmm. So you can't go anywhere without a nanny. Wow. Yeah. Horrible. And so that's the whole premise of the book line. The first book is called Where Am I? Where the animals are trying to get get out. They're trying to figure out how do they get back to where they came from. Mm-hmm. But Lucas mm-hmm. tells them that they're not going anywhere because they're his stuffed animal. They're his toys. They're going to stay right there and do what he says. Mm. And so that's how the book series starts. And there's there's five books and then the last book Lucas realizes that he doesn't need them anymore. Because they really want to go home. They miss. See, Ginger is a showgirl for the Banji Brothers Circus, a wild bunch of monkeys that run the circus show. And she gets her paycheck every week, and she loves to go to the bank and count her money. And then there's Big Bear. He's from the forest. 
and he he's scared of people because you know they come to the forest and they hunt and kill the animals and then they set forest fires and then they litter everywhere so if we go to the forest you always have to hide and then there's Katie Kangaroo who doesn't have a clue she never sees it coming and she doesn't know what to do and so um, and then there's, oh, Professor Toad Smart. He's the smartest toad in the land, and he lives in New York City, and he knows the answers to everything. He has all the electronic gadgets, but he's from New York. He's always in a meeting, so he's never going to help you anyway, not really. And so those are the animals, okay? Those are the animals. And <laughs> and they're trapped in the playroom with my children, and they want to get out. They don't want to be there. It's not a good time. And, you know, they're in crisis mode. And so for this five-book series, finally, 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 in the last book, Lucas tells them that they can go. And, oh, my God, Ginger can't get out of there. She's packing her bag. She's, like, everything flying everywhere. She can't get out fast enough, and she can't wait to get back to the circus. And she's like, oh, my God, you've got to come and visit the show. Oh, my God, you're going to love the show. i got to go. And so she gets she, – she's like <laughs> – she's like – She's got to get back to where she, you know, her people and everything. She's got to go, man. And Bear's got to go. And Professor Toad Smart has to go. But this is the deal. Katie Kangaroo, who doesn't have a clue, she doesn't know where she came from. Like a lot of people out here don't know where they came from. And so she's forgotten. Mm. And so she doesn't know what she's going to do. And she's going to be trapped. She doesn't know. She can't go. And, And so she starts crying because she doesn't know who her people are anymore. And she doesn't know where she's from. And she forgot. And she doesn't know what to do. And so Lucas and Brandon are going to promise to take care of Katie Kangaroo. And she just starts crying even harder because everybody else is leaving. So that's when Lucas and Brandon are going to promise to take Katie to visit Ginger at the show, at the circus show with the Banshee Brothers. And then she's going to pro- they're going to promise to take Ginger to visit Bear in the forest where they got to hide, hide from the people with the guns. Mm-hmm. And then – we're going to visit, and we're going to go um, to Central Park with uh, Professor Toad Smart, which is absolutely fabulous because he goes to all the fancy restaurants in the city, and he does all the Broadway plays. He has a lot of money, and it's just fabulous shopping on Fifth Avenue. You're going to have a really good time. But, again, he's always in a meeting, so he might not even have time for you, but you'll work it out. So that's the book one. <laughs> I'm ready to buy this series for myself, Lee. <laughs> You Brothers totally consume me. Um, 
I have been in a relationship with Dante Reigns for a very long time. It's <laughs> that type of consuming me. And so then there's uh-huh. um, this thing with me and Daisy to this day. Daisy and I have um, some issues from alibi because I know that she's not supposed to be left there in jail like that. Mm. So I got no, alibi on my desk. Alibi <laughs> one and two. And there is no way that we can leave Daisy like that. Like, she's not supposed like, come on. And I never, I never did the third book, you know what I'm saying? And so there's things like that mm-hmm. that still do consume me, characters that aren't, aren't completed, um, storylines that look at Angel. Look at Angel. We still don't know what happened. Is she even dead or alive? Come mm-hmm. on. It's, it, mm. you know, and so these type of things. Yeah, she had a baby. Did the baby die? I don't, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who does that? <laughs> you know, and then I, I said, you know, it. and I'm I love it. And I, I keep trying to tell people. Like, it's really messed up. Like, nobody cares. Like, you know, nobody's really even saying anything to me about Daisy. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, everybody's just, like, cool with leaving her there. And everybody's just cool with leaving Angel laying on the floor. And so it's like, really? You know, and I really would like to connect with these people to find out, are they just as cool with this? Or is this some, like, Internet thing blocking us so that I don't know? But I think that it's not cool. Like, I sort of feel it. Like, I feel it like I need to do something about Daisy. I need mm-hmm. to finish things that I start, and 21 books later, I just feel like I'm not done with that. I feel like i got to go back to that. I feel like I haven't finished this children's line as fast as I would have liked mm-hmm. to finish it and, then move, you know, and move on, and then um, I've started my autobiography and how to spend $10 million and um, how, to, how to make and spend $10 million out here in the business, like, and how to do it, like, wow. how to... Just how to do everything that I've done, um, mm-hmm. everything that I've learned in business, everything that I've learned financially. Um, it's it's an all-in-one, everything, how to publish a book, uh, how to print and sell a book, um, oh, you know, the, the climate of the marketplace, things to do, things not to do that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about bootlegging, how I was bootlegged, you know, um, that was a horrible time for me. And it's really, really hard when, you know, you go outside and your work is just being stolen and is on street corners and people are selling your stuff. And it's just, it it got crazy with, you know, with the bootlegging, um, everything, surviving the Internet, everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And making a book with crazy glue. The whole whole journey, um, I'm sort of trying to document it and have it as a life lesson and a blueprint for other people to follow, to know what they need to do so that they can, um, you know, really be effective if they're going to try to publish books out here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Alicia. I have a question for you. Yeah. If you drop five jewels on an upcoming author, what would those jewels Wait a minute. What did you say? I can't hear you. Oh. If you could drop five jewels on an upcoming author, what jewels would that those be? And if you can drop five more jewels on a publisher, what are some of the things that you would drop on them that that's a need to know from both sides? For an author, 
um, copyright your work. Have really good paperwork and understand the deals that you're doing with your work as an author. And write what you believe is your truth. Don't be influenced by anybody else. Just do you. And lastly, as an author, just take your time to learn the business. It is a business of, of, of selling books. And as an author, you can really get taken advantage of if you don't understand um, what you're doing. You won't get anything mm-hmm. out of here. So you really need to understand what you're doing. I know people who have not gotten one dime for their book, not one. Mm. I know people who have had to sue other people to get their books back because they weren't getting their money. As a so 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 you so 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 those are the five things that I would I would suggest for an author. As far as a publisher, um, what have I learned? In order to be a publisher, you have to control the print. In order to be a good publisher, you have to keep you have to keep the deal that you make. In order to be a good publisher, if you're going to have authors, you got to take care of them. And in order to be a good publisher, you got to have your paperwork in order. And in order to be a good publisher, you're going to lose sometimes. You're not always going to win. But you're going to take the chance and the risk in what you believe in as a publisher is valuable material that should be able to reach people in the masses. And and so you're going to take risks and you're going to take losses sometimes on your content that you that you choose to publish. But you know, I just feel like as a publisher, you have a duty to 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 publish material that's worthy of being published. And so, just because you're a publisher you know, doesn't mean that you should just publish anything. It really has to be worthy of being published. I feel that you have a duty um, to, to, to really to really do that. And just even though this is outside the scope, this is the thing about, you know, where I feel like as a publisher, I remember Frederick Douglass and the stories of the Northern Star, his newspaper that he started, um, you know, us being able to tell our stories, us being able to do business amongst one another, um, us being able as black publishers to inspire the next generation of readers and writers that come behind us, 
us as publishers being able to control the content that we put out into the marketplace and control the minds of the people who are going to read us with that content, us as publishers being able to work together in a harmonious environment for the betterment of all of us to be financially empowered, us as publishers, the list can go on and on. You know, but I just mm-hmm. do feel as a as a publisher, um, you have one of the greatest duties ever, which and and you have so much power, being able to um, influence the minds of your readers, being able to put out content that matters, and just being able to leave an imprint of who we are as African Americans and our stories, no matter what what our stories are, no matter what they come from, you know, no matter where. You know, and this is the other thing. Then let me just be really, really clear out here. I don't have to write a book that you like. I might not mm-hmm. be your writer. Hmm. Not everything is for everybody. That's why That's right. we got Zane <laughs> and Terry McMillan. That's right. And Elin Harris mm-hmm. and Eric Jerome Dickey. Option. That's why we have Wahida Clark. Mm-hmm. That's why we have Quan. And guess what? You got a whole bunch of African American authors that you can embrace that write so many different types of genres that it doesn't even make sense. And you don't even have you can read whatever you want to read. You might like horror. Look, you even got writers like Stephen King. Mm-hmm. God, Choices. this is one thing that I learned from Miss Stacy. And like she said, God designed me. There are things about me that I can do that nobody else can do. Hmm. God designed you, specifically designed you. He designed you in his greatness. He designed you, and in his design, you are capable of doing things that there are that nobody else can do. There are things about you that I will never be able to encompass, know, understand. There are mm-hmm. things that you can do that I cannot do. God made you that way. He made all of us that way. And so when we start combining our gifts, when we start combining our talent, and we start really working together, oh, my God, it's endless. It's endless. Mm-hmm. But I do know that us as publishers and, and, and as writers and as authors, you know, we're all different and we're all unique. God made us that way for a reason. We all come to the table with something specifically designed. And that's not to take mm-hmm. anything less away from anybody else's design that God has created. Mm-hmm. I'm not that's saying right. no names, but you ain't no better than me as an author out here. And I don't know who these people think they are. I don't want to say no names. Uh oh. <laughs> so you know that needs to stop. So y'all sitting up here talking about somebody ain't no. Oh, that's not real. This that ain't real. That that ain't a real. A, no, yes it is. It's God's design. It has a purpose and it has a meaning, and it's valuable. And you will not mm-hmm. be discrediting me or anybody else. 
Mm. So don't you don't want to get me started. Honey, I'm nice. He was on a roll. I am nice, but I, you know, I do know those things as a publisher are very important to understand the power that we have when we do sit here and write our books and the power that we have when we publish our books and, you know, the power that we have in business and really being Mm -hmm. able to do good business at the end of the day, you know, it all falls back on that moral compass and where we all decide that we want to stand, you know, whether we want to stand at the right hand or, you know, whether we want to stand somewhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you Mm. know, that's that's, that's where I put things at. Huh? I like that last jewel. I, this is Tony um, Perry. I like that last jewel you gave. Publish material that's worthy to be published. That's Absolutely. powerful because sometimes you just publish any old thing. We say that on here. Well, on the show. and people just—they're looking at the money, and they, you know, and it's not about, you know, you got to remember something. You, this, this things that I've done and things that I'm trying to do when I'm when I'm no longer here and I'm no longer walking the face of the earth this is a legacy this is this is really my legacy that I'm leaving behind and the work that I'm doing and it and it has purpose it has meaning and 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 in that purpose and in that meaning is empowerment it is extremely powerful the yeah. things that I try to do mm-hmm. and the things that I set my mind to do I set them with purpose you know, and mm-hmm. I do try to uh, build around me as best as I can, um, you know, just everything that's good, everything that I can that's good, everything that's good. But, but I can honestly tell you this, if you put together one good book, that's all you need. You could live for the rest. Of, I'm mm-hmm. still true to the game, true to the game. And we're 25 mm-hmm. years later and, and, and still selling books and just made the movie. Classic, still girl. Relevant. Classic. 25 <laughs> years later. If you do one good book, you're good. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love it. You know, you know, I look back on not only my career, I look back on, you know, just the whole industry in general starting in, you know, 1998, before there really was a self-publishing industry and before there was um, any competitors, I didn't have any competitors. I didn't have anybody to deal with, nobody. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. nobody to deal with. There was not one book out there, not one, but the coldest went to ever, and she was signed by Pocketbook. So she, I didn't, it wasn't that she wasn't competition. It's just that she wasn't on a self-publishing level. She was on a bigger level than me so mm-hmm. that's what I was looking up to I was trying to achieve what sh- what that was that was my empowerment that I could you know that's what I was trying to rise to as far as being in business but it didn't work out for me that way and I had to keep self-publishing and keep self-publishing and I had to keep doing my business it's one thing to write a book it's one thing to publish the book it's another thing to be able to run the business of publishing. It's another thing to be able to run payroll and CompuPay. And it's another thing to have a staff in your office space. It's another thing to have a staff in your home. It's these. It's another thing to worry about somebody's SEP fund or worry about making sure that people have medical benefits. That's a boss. Mm. That's a boss. I just want to be clear with everybody what a real boss is. A boss right. runs payroll for other people and gives them benefits, mm-hmm. like medical. 
you actually are responsible for the livelihood of families when you're a boss. Mm-hmm. You take care of people. Make sure everybody eats. When you're a boss. And so mm-hmm. when I look back on my journey and I can say all the roles that I've played and, you know, all the hats that I've worn and then to be able to say that I inspired, you know, black men to read, <laughs> just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know. I got, I got black people reading it's over real, here. Though, girl. They over here. Listen, the prison is all quiet. You can hear crickets in the prisons. If I came out with, look, back in the day, don't let me come out with a book. Don't let me. Y'all better hope Andy I stay in with Ginger. I'm over here with Ginger. So I have everybody sitting down quiet. I'm going to start nothing. But that, that's been... The, you know that's <laughs> that's been what I've been doing for years, and um, mm-hmm. you know it's been competitive. I've welcomed the competitiveness. Um, I've actually thrived having the competitiveness that I've had to deal with. Um, back mm-hmm. when I started out, I, I was uh, you know I had to. It was me and Vicky Stringer, and she had triple crown, and. Um, you know, and so you know, I had I had to get up real early because she kept she kept putting books out, man. She had a bunch of books. It was I don't know how she kept putting all mm-hmm. the books out like that, or where she was getting them people from. She was just getting all the books. She had everybody, all these books. It was terrible. I don't know where she came from. She started around oh four oh five. I don't know where the girl came from, but she was like my little competition. And so you know, she kept mm-hmm. me on my toes because I knew I had you know I had somebody that I had to compete with. And and that was a good thing, you know. And and me and her competed. Listen, Vicky ended up with a hundred books and over thirty authors. She made wow. way more money than I did, and I ran through ten million mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. I done ran through ten million, so I already know she made more than me because I talked to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know what we did. I know the doors that, that that got open, and I know the market that we created for for black folks to be able to go out here and 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 service their communities and make a good living. That's what we were doing, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that's what we're still doing. We're still doing it. We have not stopped. Mm-hmm. So you got to might have slowed the roll a little bit, but no, we ain't stopping. Mm-mm, we're good. Mm-hmm. It's getting ready to get better. So if anybody's getting ready mm-hmm. or thinking about writing a book, now's the time to write it. And then call me so mm-hmm. I can tell you what to do. <laughs> Terry, how mm-hmm. has the social media impacted you? You know, because you have that old school grind, you know, that back in the day. And a lot of new authors don't, you know, may not really understand or comprehend the power of that grind, that paper that paperback pushing, how has the uh, internet and Facebook and social media, how has that affected, you know, how you see the industry? Okay, well, this is the thing. Social media is good, but social media is also bad. Mm-hmm. And so for me with my children's book, it was really important that for me I kept it away from social media in the beginning. Okay. Because I didn't need nobody trying to throw a monkey wrench in my plan. 
Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when you're on that social media, you letting people know in what you're doing. You're letting them see your ideas. You're letting them, you running your mouth. You're showing them, you're showing. So what? So what? Right. Okay. You're right. I'm from the that's, old that's school. true. See, I'm from the old school. First of all, you get hurt trying to take a picture of somebody, okay? You ain't taking no pictures. Hold <laughs> up. Give me that camera. You ain't going nowhere with that. Blindfold them, first of all. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I was talking to my girlfriend, Missy Lou. I swear to God. Yo. She said, she said Jimmy, she said Jimmy Hitchman told her if she wanted to go with him, she he had to put a thing. He put a a, a whole, what she say, a whole like um, what you call them, the, the um, pillowcase over her head. Uh-huh. I'm taking no pictures. So she, so she couldn't see, little girl. <laughs> okay. She's serious about that. I, listen, I swear to God, I say, yo, Missy, what you say? She said, put put the blindfold on. Do what you got to do. Let's go. I said, I'm done. Yo, I swear to God, nobody got time for that. We're not doing wow. so. I'm not doing. What? First of all, uh-huh. first of all, okay, there will be no loud noises and no sudden movements up in here, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please don't act like you're going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. You could get hurt. So do you Uh-oh. really think you're pulling out a camera, taking pictures, and you can't even go to the bathroom? Who does this? Mm-hmm. So time mm-hmm. can obviously. You got to set those boundaries, though, those parameters. You know, yeah, you got to. Yeah, I don't know what they do. All I know is you're not coming, or you're not going to make it too far over here. You're not going to get along. They're going to get. <laughs> You take one picture. Hold on. I know you ain't got no camera. I know you ain't playing with no camera in here. Can't do that. (laughs) Hold up. Hold up. You know, people people quickly put a picture. Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) Nah, you got to go. Ain't nobody doing that. And don't be making sudden movements, neither. You could get hurt. Okay, no sudden movements and no loud noises. People can't take that. They, you know, it's it's too much going on in people's brains out here. So <laughs> you gotta be real quiet. Mm-hmm. Is everything okay? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you want me to get you some juice? <laughs> I'm just saying, you gotta, you know what I mean. So the tolerance level from the people that I deal with. Versus the people of today, it's totally different. Because mm-hmm. we ain't doing all this mm-hmm. social media. You better not take one picture or post nothing. Don't come in here doing that. But something. No. Some and people so, base their whole lives on it, though, Terry. Do you see but that this as is well? The thing. If you're Cardi B and that's you, that's good for you. Right. You, but you follow what I'm saying? It all depends on your speed. Like, this is the, like, like, don't get me wrong. I just don't have time for that stuff because I'm from a different era, and I'm from the era where mm-hmm. if you we didn't have cameras, we didn't have phones mm-hmm. and shit, like so mm-hmm. we wasn't doing all of this picture taking. I okay, I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you an example. I don't think I've ever taken a picture of my food, and I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. is the other thing. If you think that you're going to know where I'm at, you got another thing coming. You'll never know where. Girl, girl I You'll can't agree with you more. I Let am, me tell you something. You will never know. Let me explain <laughs> this to you. I'm so gangster with it. You will never. Listen, and then I, this is the other thing, too. I'm, I'm extremely paranoid. And so you're not mm-hmm. going to know where I'm at until I'm no longer there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I'm right there with and this you. Is, and this is the other thing. This is the other thing. When you start spending three, four, five hundred for a meal, you know, mm. you're not going to take a picture of it. Trust me. You don't need to. <laughs> it starts to, it, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's the last thing that I think of that I would post a picture of. I look at my daughter and I'm like, I can't eat. She's like, no. Oh, my God, no. We have to take a picture of this. Look at, look at the flower. Like, really? Okay. But, Terry, I know exactly how you feel because I I don't post pictures of my family. I don't post pictures of where I'm at unless I'm out and about, you know, I'm doing a let's chat event. But that's something different. But no one knows what my husband looks like. They don't. No one knows what my this, kids look like. No one knows what this I'm eating. A, I don't. That's this just. It's just not me. <laughs> this is my strongest suggestion to people with social media. Again, I didn't do my book with it. I didn't mess with. I didn't really put my book out there with it. I strongly, strongly suggest that unless you are dealing with some type of control group of young college students who, you know, this is what you're paying them to do, which is so, mm-hmm. which is manage a social media account, like, on a professional scale, or you hire right. a social media expert who is going to manage your social media account for your business on a professional scale, oh, no, then, you know, then, then no. That's the only way I see it, you know, for me. I would hire a professional social media person to manage my mm-hmm. social media. If, you know, if and when that time comes, that's what has to be done. And it has to be done on a business level, not on my – I'm not interested in it. Like, I don't want you in my personal at all. I don't want you to know where I'm at. Right. I don't want you to know who I'm laying next to. I don't want you to know what I'm eating. I don't. I don't want you to know – I don't want you to see my kids. I don't want you to see nothing. I'm good. Right. Uh, right. No, unless, you know. I know. No. <laughs> and, and again. I'm right there with and you, And again, this is, and this is the thing. This is the thing. Again, you got to remember something. Social media is good, and it's also bad. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I'm liable to be doing something and, 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 and do something to embarrass myself. Like, Literally, mm-hmm. very easily. So no, I'm and it's I, I, not there on like the internet. Yeah, like I like it for professional purposes only, um, but not like you know just some day to day random thing that I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't have Instagram on my phone. I find it to be a major distraction. It's like actually I could start mm-hmm. actually sitting there doing Facebook and then spend like hours of my day and I realize, oh my God, I missed I don't miss this or I missed my <laughs> meal. I was supposed to do say you're looking at all these crazy people and all this crazy stuff on Facebook. <laughs> and so that's why Mark Zuckerberg is making all that money. I'm not here for him. 
I'm not here for no Zuckerberg. I'm not here for him. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, I'm not here for for Mark at all. No, you got your own coins to make. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will go get me a social media team. I will go get a, a diverse uh, control group and go from there. As far as social media is concerned, it's it's meant to be dealt with. I feel on a professional level. I don't care for it personally. That's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I definitely make. I definitely <laughs> feel that on a professional level, if it's done properly, it can be extremely effective for a person, their business, their whole total marketing and branding can be done with social media at this point. It can work. Cardi B is living proof of it. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. She's, she's all over the place. Yes, she's living proof of it. Wow. um, Well, you have given us so much tonight, Terry, and we truly, truly appreciate you. Um, I sent you a friend request. I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, And uh, I'm going to be looking for uh, Ginger. Not on my phone because I don't have any Facebook on my phone, but I will be able to see it Mm -hmm. when I get um, to my desk. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, you know, Terry, here on Let's Chat, we love doing something things a little differently because we love hearing our guests creative juices flow and girl you got some juices that's been flowing all evening I just want to add but uh, we usually ask our guests to give us a little live excerpt and I usually give them two or three props but tonight I'm going to do it a little differently for you because I hear the passion it is behind your children's series so I'm going to give you three props to use with Miss Ginger because she is all over the place and I absolutely love her. And I just want you to create a little live excerpt um, just to hear your creative juices flow for our listening audience. And we always have fun with it. So Miss Ginger's problem When you say tonight, a live ex- uh, excerpt, what do you mean? Like this insert like the book into a scene. Uh, no, you can make something up. Or you can use any characters in your book. You know, it's just something that you make up at the top uh, from the off the top of your head. Oh, it's not in you the know, book. Like you, right, it's not in the book. It's it's something that you just create using these props. Just a little mini scene, a little live excerpt. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to give Ginger. T- Three props, and you just make them up as you go. And her prop tonight is a little puppy, some jelly beans, and some ice cream. And just insert that into any any characters that you want. But I hope Ginger is in one of them. Now, is it all just? Is this just one prop using those three things, or is it something I pick? Is it just one of them, or tell me again what I got to do? Okay, you use it's the three all props. Three. It's the, the jelly beans. Right. It's the what did you say? A puppy. Again? A puppy. Well, puppy. Jelly bean, and some ice cream. Puppies, jelly and beans, can, and ice cream. Right. You just make up a fun scene with uh, one of two of your children's characters. A puppy. Like. Right. Like Jelly Ginger beans. saw a little puppy on it, right? And ice cream, right? Um, like for example, 
Okay. Like, for example, oh. you got it? <laughs> um, well, it's like an excerpt. So I'm just making something up that the animal, that the characters would do with these items. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So we'll use um, we'll use Ginger and Katie Kangaroo. Oh, okay. How's that? That sounds Ginger marvelous. And Katie Kangaroo and uh, ice cream, jelly beans, and a puppy. Okay, so uh for okay, so um oh oh my um oh my oh dear we have ice cream and jelly beans Oh I think I want some ice cream and jelly beans and this would be uh that is Katie Kangaroo. But I don't have a clue. I just don't know what to do. This case can't go wrong. Oh, Katie. Oh, Katie. Yes, ice cream for ice cream. I love ice cream. Ice cream is the best. And jelly beans are just fabulous. They come in all kinds of flavors and all kinds of colors. Oh, oh, you got to get a jelly bean. Get a jelly bean. Oh, we got to get some ice cream. Let's get some ice cream and let's get some jelly beans. Oh, Oh, this is going to be wonderful. We're going to have the best time eating our ice cream and our jelly beans. Come on, Katie Kangaroo. But wait a minute. Where's Dolce Dog? The little puppy. The little puppy Dolce Dog. Oh, my. Don't let Dolce Dog get the ice cream. And don't let Dolce Dog get the jelly beans. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We gotta get the jelly beans and the ice cream before Dokey Dog gets them. Come on, Katie Kangaroo, hurry up and keep up with me. Okay, I'm coming, but I haven't got a clue. I just know what to do. Where's the dog? I don't. I don't see the Dokey Dog. I don't. I don't see the ice cream. Uh oh. I see the ice cream, and I see the jelly beans. And Dokey Dog's eating everything. There's nothing left. There's just a little drop and one little jelly bean. The end. How's that? Is that what you meant? Oh my God! All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was over here trying not to interrupt you. I was loving it. <laughs> How's that? Is that good? Is that what you uh, meant? I don't know. That was awesome. Well, that would be Katie and Ginger <laughs> with some jelly beans and ice cream. <laughs> I was like over here, had my, my hand over my mouth so I wouldn't interrupt you because I was loving, I could feel them and I could see them. You know how you read a book, you see it in your head? I saw it all in my head, girl. <laughs> yeah, I see them in my head, too. It's, it's part of the problem. <laughs> I just thought I'd give you some relief of them tonight, let them do something differently. But that was exactly what we love hearing. Those creative oh, well, juices just you. flow naturally. So thank you so much for for sharing Katie and, and Ginger with us tonight with their jelly beans, puppy, and ice cream. <laughs> That's going to be a classic no in our problem. archives. <laughs> Absolutely Terry, no once problem. again, yes, thank you so much for joining us. And please shout out all your social media, everywhere people can get your books, and well, especially you know, that character, Terry. Ginger. 
Okay. I got Terry Woods Publishing, um, the website for terrywoodspublishing.com and terrywoodskids.com. I got Terry Woods Kids on Instagram, and my Facebook page is Terry Woods. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. And with, they can get your books on any of those sites, right? They can get the books at terrywoodskids.com. I'm revamping Terry Woods Publishing, so when Terry Woods Publishing comes back, um, you'll you'll be able to order them directly from me. But you're also mm-hmm. going to be able to uh, get the books through, you know, all of your local retailers, Amazon.com, uh, Walmart.com, mm-hmm. um, uh, BarnesandNobles.com. You can go to uh, stores and order the book if it's not in the store. So, um, yeah. You can you can you can still get the books. You can still get in the new children's book. You can definitely get from my website, um, and it's going to be available. Everything is going to be available in stores the first of November. Awesome, All awesome. Terry, once in again, stores the first of November. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Well, please definitely come back and share some some more with us. We absolutely love having you. This is your home. You're welcome here anytime. Leisha and I truly appreciate you spending some valuable time. You know, we know time is precious, so we appreciate you sharing some of yours with us and our listeners tonight. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the fact that you, you know, wanted to talk to me and have me on your show, and I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. Absolutely, and I look forward to meeting you in person one day. (laughs) Oh, you weren't there. No, you that was Lisa. I'm, no, that was oh, Lisa. She's in Atlanta. I'm I'm up this is Tony. <laughs> I'm up in New York. Okay. <laughs> so you weren't with us that day. So you're no, up here I wasn't with me. There, unfortunately. Yes, I'm up here. But if you have anything in New York, New York, I'm gonna be following you, and I'll make sure I get out there and okay, support well, you. you. I'm always supporting. When we do, we're gonna do Ginger. I'm gonna do Ginger on I think Seventh Avenue. I'm I'm trying to get my location and everything. I'm gonna have a party mm-hmm. for the little kids in the neighborhood. We getting ready to start having little parties for the kids and um, food and games and fun and giveaways and stuff like that for them. So um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm working on my spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on getting my sponsors together. But we're gonna be doing a lot mm-hmm. of stuff with Ginger in the in the community. Mm-hmm. I really hope to do that um, giveaways with the books and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, well, you make sure and read into the you make sure you keep us posted. I sure will. Absolutely. I really will. And we can still spread the word to our listening audience as well as on our pages. You know, between Leisha and I, we have our own pages as well as this chat. So we're always spreading, you know, things like that. So, wonderful. So just wonderful, keep us posted. Okay, so I thanks sure will. Again. Thank you for having me, Sue. I really appreciate it. It was fun. We really enjoyed having you, Terry. Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Bring all those Anytime. characters along with you. <laughs> All of them. All. That's the problem. See, that's the problem. (laughs) They go where you go, girl. (laughs) You have a great evening, Terry. Thanks again. You too, my love. You too. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.
And that was the wonderful, talented Miss Terry Woods. We hope you guys enjoyed that interview. She gave us some fun, fun, fun props with that story with Miss Ginger and Katie Kangaroo. That's the first time we've had a children's excerpt. So I got to make sure Alicia hears that. But we thank you guys for tuning in this week. We are back from our break. We had two marvelous shows. And if you missed any of it, as Lee said, no worries. You just head on over to blogtalk.com, and we can pick us up anywhere podcasts are available. Once again, you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. And we out. Nobody finds it up like breathing money team. We first the death, 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 we first the death,